So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing part three of the season four tell-all of The Other Way. In this episode, Chris and Jamie make everyone take sides, Jen decides Rishi's mom was disrespectful, Johan exacts his glorious revenge, Gabe and Monica kind of make up, and Mahmoud giggles about the goings-on with TV Lady. Since this is the last episode of the season, we'll end with our power rankings and life lessons. All right, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy. Step one, step two, step three. Mr. O? Miss H. How are you today on this fine Memorial Day? I uh, worked all day today, actually, yeah, because yeah. Uh, I am, uh, you know, at the reading where we're going to be. You're going to join me shortly, but right. we're still not quite bi-coastal this time because I'm in the middle. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, AP reading has no days off, so there's no such thing as weekends or holidays. No, it, today, it, I don't even know what day of the weekend is right now. It's just it's just day th- <laughs> day two. It's day two. Right, right. Okay, well, uh, we are on part three of the tell-all, and so we heard from most of our couples, but not all of our couples again. So let's get started with Nicole and Mahmoud. So Ahmed, Mahmoud's brother, joins the chat to get his opinion on why they fight all the time. He says it's because they're still just learning each other, and it will take some time. Ahmed says that he is Mahmoud's brother first, but he also will have a conversation with him if Nicole has a problem. We get a recap of Nicole and Mahmoud's explosive fight at the hotel after the burkini swimming uh, scene where Nicole walks off from Mahmoud while he's trying to convince her to go home so they can discuss their argument in private as he tries to grab her arm and she pushes him away. Nicole says that that was the most challenging day that they have had. Ahmed assumed something similar happened. This is the first time he's seeing the footage, and he thinks if they just stopped to calm down, they would have been fine. Nicole thinks that they have come very far since that and argues and uh, since that argument and points out that her one armed dress is proof. Danielle says that it can be difficult for a man from a different culture to adapt to other cultural norms, and sometimes they can dig their heels in and be stubborn. Nicole thinks that she has hope for both of them. They then bring up Mahmoud's chat with a Chinese woman trying to sell her TV. Ahmed and Mahmoud kind of giggle as Nicole reenacts a conversation with Mahmoud and the Chinese woman. Mahmoud says that he only asked two questions and now he's claiming that those questions were not inappropriate. Ahmed and Mahmoud can't stop laughing about it, which everyone else thinks is disrespectful. Mahmoud says that Egyptians just laugh when things get uncomfortable or difficult. Mahmoud admits that he wouldn't be happy if the situation were reversed. Gabe then tells Mahmoud that he is scummy and that Isabel has said that he has no redeeming qualities. Gabe doesn't think that Mahmoud will ever change, and so he thinks that Nicole should get a divorce. Ahmed claps sarcastically in response, and Gabe points out that they're just not taking this conversation seriously. Gabe points out that Mahmoud has asked for a divorce several times. Nicole admits that they don't have the same views and that Mahmoud is very orthodox. Mahmoud says he will always ask her to cover up, but what she does eventually is really on her. Osama then says that they can succeed if Nicole understands his religion. Jamie asks Nicole why she is dressed like that if she's Muslim. And Nicole says that there is more than one way to be Muslim. Ahmed says that Mahmoud pushes her to be better and do good. 
Everyone thinks that the laughing between Ahmed and Mahmoud is childish and disrespectful. Veronica then points out that she uh, has a pretty bad nervous laugh, but Tim questions if it would really come out if she had such serious news to tell someone. All right. So uh, what do you kind of think? I mean, I feel like I relate to the nervous laugh thing. Sometimes I have like kind of this ending like laugh to just saying like just random things. Um, Mm -hmm. But if it were serious, I think that the laugh would not be there. So what do you think about Veronica's uh, Tim's assessment of this? Yeah, I mean, I definitely... I, I I thought it was nervous laugh. I don't think it was like, ha ha, it's so funny that she's offended by this. I can't believe right. it. Ha ha, what a loser. It was definitely like the, she's talking about sex. It's about sex. It's about flirting with girls. It's mm-hmm. a girl talking to me about it. This is just weird. I don't know. Like I, I've seen – I mean I've seen so many students do that. Like you confront them yeah. about something and like they just – they're either embarrassed and do whatever or they just they just laugh. It's not – I don't know that it was intentional disrespect um, because right. and I think it was specifically because it was sex type stuff. Right. Yeah. And they're just not comfortable at all in the least with some a bunch of women, like even a mixed company, let alone a sure. bunch of women confronting them about flirting with a girl. You know, they're just yeah. like. <laughs> and, and so, but yeah, I, it, it seemed completely plausibly like nervous laughter to me. I agree that I definitely didn't take it as like intentionally disrespectful. But then at the same time, I kind of had to agree with Tim a little bit. Like if it was that serious, like, I don't know. I feel like you would be able to control it. (sighs) Maybe. I don't know. It just I would say it's disrespectful in a way where it's not. It's like a second order disrespectful, right? It's disrespectful, not because like, oh, you couldn't like control your emotions enough to not giggle at her questions about Chinese TV lady. But (laughs) in the fact that it's like, can you really respect your partner if you can't like talk about intimate things with them without giggling? Yeah. Well, okay. Let's kind of back up a little bit. And, you know, we saw Mahmoud admit his fault when he was confronted about this on camera when Nicole was talking to him about it like during the regular season. And then now that there he's at the tell all, he's just saying, I only asked two questions and they weren't inappropriate. I asked what your what your age was. And I guess maybe if you got back to the hotel in time, right. I don't know what the second question, but he claims it was two. That was something we heard in the show was did you get back to your hotel okay? Right. But Nicole is claiming other questions, too, like uh, what's your favorite TV show? I watch American TV, too. You know, so uh, clearly he's lying about the two questions. But Mm -hmm. what do you think about the fact that he's walking back his admission of guilt, uh, sending inappropriate messages? Yeah, that's pretty weak. Um, Like Mm -hmm. in the moment is if it was a different person, then it would be more believable that these are innocent questions that just like mm-hmm. I was just being friendly right because right. but it's not and it's him and he's like has this weird thing about men who aren't allowed to talk to women and women women are supposed to talk to women and men talk to men and then if women talk to the man it's inappropriate because actually I'll take that now that I'm thinking about it we already saw this kind of nervous laughter thing they were talking about earlier mm-hmm. when he when Nicole forced him to introduce him 
introduce her to all of his friends. Yeah. And they all just kind of giggled the whole time. Like they were right, like, right. Right. Because it's like, these are not conversations you have with women. We're not supposed to just be talking to a woman. This is weird. Um, and so, yes, the fact that he, that his friends can't even handle, oh my God, you're going to make us talk to your wife. This is so yeah. weird. Like we're going to talk to a woman. We're not trying to have sex with what is so confusing that to them and their culture and the way he runs his life that yes, when you're asking that other woman, well, what's your favorite color? And do you watch TV? Like that's flirting. That's as, that's the most flirty you can possibly get for his perspective. Right. Right. And I also feel like it definitely is flirtatious and not so innocent because you're talking about the guy who you can't even like show ankle to or show your muscles as he puts it. Like, you know, if you're that uptight about someone's like how they're dressed because of the thoughts they're going to like invoke. Mm -hmm. Come on. What what is this conversation? This conversation is way more suggestive than anyone showing a little muscle. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's it, it, so that's what I'm saying. So coming from a different person. Right. Somebody who's like, mm -hmm. what? I talk to everybody like I, I, you know, make conversation with everybody and everybody. Then, yeah, it's believable that. You can ha have weirdly asked the Chinese lady whether, <laughs> whether the Chinese TV person, whether she got back to her hotel room okay. But he is specifically like men should not talk to women they're not married to. And then he talks to women he's not married to. So you can't yeah. claim that's innocent then. Right. I have a feeling and I wouldn't be mad about it that we will maybe see them on a happily ever after kind of like a Ari and Binny style, you know, because now that, well, they've always been married, mm -hmm. right? But now that it's possible they're uh, applying for the visa and that he'll come over because I do want to see that other side of it. Like what happens when he's the one who has different cultural norms to have to adapt to, right? right? And since he was so stubborn going the other way, it's it would be I think it would be interesting to kind of see, you know, him being in America and seeing how it is here. And is he going to be adaptive or he's going to be really stubborn in his beliefs where he's trying to force it onto his wife in some capacity? And now I know he claims that he's not forcing anyone and saying, like, I will just always remind her. Or I will always like hold her to these standards. I will always hold you to these standards. I will keep telling you that this is how I want you to dress. Mm -hmm. Are you going to force her? No. What does that even mean? He's just like his, his opinion is basically what does that even mean? How can anyone force anyone to do anything? Right. It's like, well, then. Right. Yes. That mean, the answer to that is you're going to force her. Just, just as he's claiming the innocence of like these were just innocent. I was just asking her questions. It's going to be like. Well, it was still yeah. her choice at the end of the day, even though I told her I'd divorce her if she didn't do it. That's her choice. That's not forcing. Right. Right. Yeah. Because that's the thing that's like, that's going to get old, this yes. conversation, especially if you know how it's going to end right, up. Right. I just it's it's I just see him becoming extremely frustrated, and extremely combative in a situation where everybody was like, dude, chill out. Like, come on. I, I, yeah. Because it's and it, to yeah. me, it's the most disturbing part about it is that that weird like ownership he seems to insist that he has over his wife right he was like whatever mm -hmm. i won't be bothered the other woman could ever but my wife that's my wife and she will do what i want her to do because i'm not comfortable with people seeing yeah. my wife and that's like I, I can't think of any way to interpret that besides she belongs to me and you can't have any 
Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, All right. So moving on, let's go to, let's go to Gabe and Isabel. So they jump right in with Gabe and Isabel by bringing out Monica. They didn't even ask questions beforehand. They're just like, here's Monica. Um, <laughs> so she doesn't really dispute the story of how things went down um, before the wedding day. It's very much just like, you know, they had a fight and um, or AKA a heated conversation. And then Gabe said that he was the reason her, her, his previous relationship, her relationships didn't work out. And they haven't spoken months since. So they both say they miss the other one, but dispute, but they, then they ask him if they talk every day and they have a dispute of whether sending memes to each other all the time counts as talking. <laughs> so Sean asked Gabe why he thinks that Monica didn't come to the wedding. And he says, I have no idea, which Sean doesn't believe. She's like, I think you have an idea. Um, so anyway, especially because he's like, wait, you wouldn't talk to her about that. All the things you talk about. But Gabe says they're both stubborn. And if they talked about it, they wouldn't really wouldn't. Neither of them would change any change their minds. It wouldn't change anything. So what's the point of talking about it? So at this point, they show us a montage. This was this episode was heavy on montages of Monica yeah. and Gabe giving of Monica basically giving Gabe a hard time about all of his past relationships and even his current one a little bit at the tattoo parlor, dropping off at the airport. And, you know, the day before the wedding, which we didn't see. We saw the aftermath of. So they talk about the fight that they had before the wedding. And they can't agree what either of them actually said or anything. Especially the pivotal point of the argument. Did Gabe blame her for all of his failed relationships? Or just say that she has had a problem with all of his failed relationships? But that doesn't really matter to Gabe because he thinks that Monica would have – at the end of the day for the wedding, Monica could have shot him in the face and broke his arm and he would have come to her wedding. So this is not even a point. This is not a wedding missing monumental argument. Sean asked if there was any possible way to, uh, if there was any possible way for Monica to pull herself together because Monica says the reason she didn't come to the wedding was because she was just crying and crying and crying and couldn't stop. And she wasn't going to come to the wedding like that. So while she's giving her explanation, Gabe's comes over and like sits on the couch with her. And when I say with her, I mean like, Right next to her, like touching her hips, like hips touching. So we're talking of the same points they always do. And eventually um, he says that she had said something nasty about Isabel. So we come back from a break after that. And it was Monica wants to clear the air They had about what happened that before the wedding night. They already closed the bar down past 2 o'clock at 2 a.m. It was 2.30. It was late. And she says, I just wanted to go home. But he says it's an issue because she decided she wanted to go home like right after Isabel said she was coming. So they, again, can't really agree on exactly what was said. So Sean turns to Isabel to ask what her opinion is. Um, uh, so she says that Monica didn't – she was she was hurt that Monica didn't come to the wedding. So Jamie jumps in to say like, I guess I know why Monica's upset, but this is very harsh revenge. So after that, they talk about lack of communication because apparently Monica didn't know what she was doing at the wedding. Was she walking Gabe down the aisle? Oh I guess she didn't know that. Apparently, Isabel thought she was going to be a bridesmaid and her mom made her a dress. And nobody knew about that. Uh, so all very unusual. God. But at the end, the end of it, Monica and Gabe share a big hug. So both Tim and Veronica kind of kibitz, you know, from the back of the studio that they you know, talk about how they can't believe she didn't come to the wedding or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think to me, the most notable thing that came out of this, the most surprising thing to me was that, like, how are you how do you not know if you're in a wedding? 
<laughs> right. That was the only thing that I was like, what in the world? Like, she had to have gotten fitted for this dress before, right? Especially because yeah, the mom is custom so. making it. So, yeah. How did you not know that you were a bridesmaid? Um, I almost wonder a little bit if that was kind mm-hmm. of thrown in afterwards to kind of make her feel guilty, you know, like because like, they even kind of even the way that they said it, it sounds like everyone who was participating in the wedding got right. a special kind of dress. Right. So she was going to get said special dress no matter what role she was playing. If she was walking them down the aisle, if she was the maid of honor, a bridesmaid, a, you know, mm-hmm groomsmen like sounds like she would get the same dress for everything so i think that's why there was a lot of confusion as to what exactly her role was even between gabe and isabel yeah i mean that to me is the biggest weird part is that like gabe should know he was in his wedding like and and so part of it was because like he said that he was in america and she planned most of the wedding but Mm -hmm. right because aren't you supposed to wouldn't you at least let gabe like ask his groomsmen like there's a whole part of and i know i didn't do it with my brother and my brother right. specific, it was a whole thing because i got married young and i never actually asked my oh brother my God, to be my yeah. best man so when it came to his wedding he specifically did not ask me to be his best man i still was but we just didn't ask each other it was just like <laughs> assumed yeah it was yeah. just assumed was that yeah. what it is um and so okay. yeah and, i feel like that's yeah. a dude thing though Right. Like, I feel like I'm kind of going through that right now. My partner, like, I don't know, is just assumed that his brother was going to be the best man. It's like, did you talk to your brother about this? No. It's like, yeah. well, it's on the wedding I website. I feel like if so, you didn't know, well, you should have said something by now, right? If it's on the wedding website. But yeah, it's that same that, that I, I know. I right. didn't, And I know my brother specifically because I never officially asked him. I was just like, we were just like, oh, when are we going shopping for suits? He was like, oh, OK, I OK. <laughs> yeah, right. I guess this is he, did, sure. he, did, he did the same thing for me, like on purpose, like to the point where his now wife was like, so when are you going to ask your brother? He was like, I'm not going to ask my brother. Like he's He's just going to have to assume. Yeah, <laughs> he's just in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what what is up with that. But yeah, I honestly feel like also if she had a more significant role in the wedding that Gabe would have for sure thrown that in her face, like when she said yeah. she wasn't going to go, mm-hmm. you know, like that's why I kind of feel like this is after the fact, like, oh, you we had a role for you. Well, what was it? Well, it could have been this vague laundry list of possible roles, because I feel like, you know, if uh, Monica comes to at him and says, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm not coming to the wedding. Like if she was but Gabe would probably have been like, Oh, but you were one of the bridesmaids. How could you not go? Or, oh, you're supposed to walk me down the aisle. Mm -hmm. Who's going to walk me down now? You know, like something like that. I feel like he would have kind of thrown that guilt (laughs) card out there. I agree with that. That's probably true. Like, oh, I was going to ruin it. Plus, like, I don't know. Maybe other cultures do it differently. But wouldn't you be at the rehearsal? (laughs) Like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like you right. know what the role is like you just show up and you're like so what yeah, am i doing uh, here? yeah i have no idea <laughs> like, like, no we everybody <laughs> figured it out yesterday man you weren't here yeah right yeah all right so uh let's talk about some other uh you know family drama uh and that is jen and rishi so jen has a tidal wave of emotion thinking about what rishi's mom said about her being too old 
Jen says that it's just not nice, and they keep repeating it. She calls Rishi, and he answers with a, yo. Jen says what his mom said is so hurtful, and she ever hears it again. They will never, never speak again. Ever, and she never, yells, never, never, into the phone. <laughs> As Rishi is trying to calm her down by saying that the intention isn't to hurt her, and his mom just doesn't know how to talk to people. Jen says she's not sure if this is a viable relationship, which hasn't she been saying this the whole time since he's so close to his mom and that's how she feels. Rishi assures her that he is on her side, but Jen questions this as he should have had this conversation with his mom earlier defending Jen. Rishi is begging her not to be sad and he feels terrible that she's upset. He tells her that she is his, other, is his other half, and Jen says that she just needs some time to process and that they'll just talk later. Jen is now second-guessing if she can be with Rishi. Everyone seems to agree that this relationship isn't going anywhere, considering that they are on different pages. Uh, Rishi and Jen are both crying when they come back to set, and Rishi is blaming himself. Sean asks where the relationship stands, and Jen says that she's not sure if this is something they can get past. Rishi says that he can't make any promises now, but he's working towards getting their relationship on track. Behind the scenes, we find out that Jen gave her number to Debbie's son, Julian. She tells Gabe that he's attractive, more age appropriate, has a career and cares for his mom, which <laughs> for some reason in this case is a good thing. So then Gabe commends her for testing the waters, and Jen thinks that Julian already has two pluses, that he lives in the same country, and his mom likes her. All right, so what do you think is a more, quote, viable relationship? Well, I mean, obviously Jen and Julian, like, because Jen and Rishi is not a viable relationship at all. Yeah. I don't know how viable Jen and Julian is. I know. Because, I don't know. I don't, it's been like two seconds. Yeah, it's been like two seconds. I, I, I feel like they're... You know, I don't know that they they have the the, the, the same worldview. Let's put it that way about things. Um, right? Yeah. Julian definitely came off of, and this came out. You know, when he was trying to convince his mom, he just right. seems like the type yes. of person who never leaves the country. You know, he has zero interest in traveling. He's like, why would you want to go anywhere else? America is the best. And Jen, she is definitely someone who values like experiencing other cultures and, you know, traveling. And I mean, she said that she traveled quite a bit outside of going to India, which is why we were shocked about her lack of knowledge with the whole visa She's gotten herself all around that country by herself without Mm -hmm. any kind of help. She's fine. Like she's a good – She's clearly yeah. a tr- an experienced international yeah. traveler, right? She knows what she's doing. And yeah, and, and you're right. right, um, right. Julian is the kind of person that I would be shocked if he had a passport. Well, no, he probably does because he probably goes to Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, the one thing that I would say, like in terms of actual observation, it did not surprise me at all that, uh, Debbie was like encouraged because she saw what I saw. It definitely seemed like Jen was into Julian, right? Just like her reactions to like everything he said. And she was just Mm -hmm. like, I Mm fuck this guy, you know, and just her reaction. I was like, yeah, Jen is about this guy. But there was nothing that Julian kind of gave off that made it seem the other way. Right. He and I and I granted their situation was a little different where the focus was more on Julian when he was on stage and not really on Jen. So he couldn't really reciprocate that same thing because he wasn't on stage when Jen was getting interviewed. But 
I just even when Debbie asked him about it, like, oh, what do you think of Jen? I think Jen was really into you. He kind of was like a nervous, like uh, laugh, like almost like a oh shucks, embarrassed laugh. But there was nothing about that that kind of like gave me the impression that he was excited about her. And I feel like he just went yeah, through the motions I mean, for like an probably option. seems about right. I think he was like, she's too old for me. Like she's old. But apparently that's the most hurtful thing. That's the, that's what she said a couple years Only ago. She said years. she's 48. I don't know if he's 40 <laughs> yet. Right. But yeah, apparently to her, that's the most hurtful thing you can possibly say about anyone is <laughs> you're too old for me. I know. It's like it seems very right. matter I was like, of the f- matter I would be of way worse if you're like, listen, you're a piece of shit dumbass who's not good enough for my son. That's way more hurtful than, oh, you're fantastic. I just the age thing yeah. doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only flaw is that you're too old. And I don't even think it's like too old. It's like too old for him because obviously mom's older than her. And then basically the too old for her basically translates into no babies. You you can't have babies. So, yeah. Well, even still, I think culturally it's like a year. Like mom was even saying, like, if you had been like maybe six months to a year, that seems like to be the max. Right. Yes. Any 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 age down is fine up. It's like I give you a year. Like, but okay, but this is not this. Yeah. So it just, I, I thought it was that, that conversation made her sound so childish to me. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where it's like, if you're already sensitive about your age, right? So she might have some thoughts about being 48 and being mm-hmm. unmarried and like on the single scene and feeling like she doesn't have as many options because she's a little bit older than your typical single lady, you know? And so maybe she's having feelings about that. And because she's not feeling great about, her age and dating, she's like projecting that and making it so much worse of a, as she thinks of as an insult than to me is like just simply an observation. Are, yes, that's not to me. I was I was on I was on board. That's that's just a stated matter of fact. That's not a huge like insult. But yes, she took it. But you're right. That might be something that she's particularly sensitive about. And it might be something she's particularly sensitive about if she keeps insisting on mm-hmm. going after and dating younger men, which that you're right. That might be because that's who's available, right? Right. That's who's still single, right? Yeah. So we'll see. I I think we need to get uh, to do a uh, rumor roundup soon because I think Jamal and Veronica oh, are yeah? still kind of going strong. So and, th- and they claim that it's still not serious. So maybe that's why we can say that it's still going strong, right? Um, I'm pretty sure he's still hooking up with other people. Whatever. Like, but uh, this would be an other interesting, like, uh, you know, auxiliary uh, people match. Honestly, they're two of the more attractive people that have been on the show that we've actually seen. Yeah. Like. Oh, Jamal and Veronica. (laughs) So it makes sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. So So speaking of other people dealing with, uh, I don't know, weird, extraneous other people going on. We also talked about Daniel, Danielle and Johan. So, Danielle, Sean starts by asking them, like, on a scale of one to ten, where is your marriage right now? Danielle says, I don't know, somewhere between negative eight and 20, which I will note is very much like Danielle to give two numbers that are not on the scale when asked to give her marriage on a scale. And Johan says somewhere between zero and eight. So Danielle says all the problems they have are actually communication problems that are masking themselves as other issues. 
But Johan adds, you know, it's not just communication, it's also trust. And that they both, at least he admits, both of them have trust issues. Well, I say admits as if he obviously he has trust issues. So Sean asks Danielle, like, okay, well, what's up? When we left you, both of you said that you were done, it was over. But Danielle cops to saying that there are things, I don't know, when she's upset, she says things she doesn't mean. And then they bring Tim and Veronica on, which they do periodically, to ask some questions. So Danielle's actually happy to see them because she assumes they're going to be on her side. I don't know why, but they both claim neutrality. So they agree that communi- – they, being Tim and Veronica, agree that communication is an issue, but also think that both Danielle and Johan are too stubborn to play second fiddle. Then we get some flashbacks about their fights and Danielle breaks down watching them, especially the um, how he kind of embarrassed her at the surprise party by refusing to thank her and then being like, this is what you get. So they ask him why he didn't thank her at the birthday party and he said it's her punishment for her doing whatever she wanted, like seeing her ex. But Tim – Tim is on board with the you ruined my birthday thing, which I think is dumb. But Debbie agrees with – Debbie – I don't know. For as much as we liked her, she was on the wrong side of a lot of these fights. Debbie totally agrees with Johan. It's disrespectful to to bring your fun bunny around, your husband, and your husband needs to be respected. So they ask Johan if he's jealous, and he says, it really doesn't matter how jealous I am. Literally anybody would be jealous in this situation. Jen stands up for Danielle, and yeah, okay, your instinct is to be jealous, but if you can't trust your partner to, you know, behave themselves around someone, what's the even point of even being with them? So Tim asks her to turn the tables. What if his his Johan's ex was around? And Daniel says, Danielle says, well, she'd act differently than him. Notably that instead of like just ignoring and, you know, refusing to meet him, she'd want to meet that bitch. I want to see what's up. I'm going to figure it out. So it's like, okay, so you're jealous too then. <laughs> um, Tavrana keeps coming in with – she keeps saying the point that trust and jealousy aren't really opposites of each other. It's not like you – if you're jealous, you can still trust. If you trust, you can still be jealous. Um, so a bunch of people jump in on – jump on Danielle for not listening to anything, Johan says, which is hypocritical. Says Gabe because she tells him what to do all the time and she never – if he says, I want you to do this, she's always like, no, not doing that. Uh, you can take it or leave it. But you – you should do all these things. So anyway, they all say it's a it's a respect issue to respect your husband's wishes and that the idea that you shouldn't, you know, be hanging out with people that you've had sex with in the past, if that makes your partner uncomfortable, isn't totally unreasonable on Johan's part. So they bring Talon out for his out to the stage for his side of the story. He doesn't really say much. He didn't know about the way that the birthday party got ruined because of his visit and he describes his relationship with Danielle as a regular relationship. <laughs> They're not – not is in not a romantic relationship. But when they ask Johan about it again, he's still uncomfortable with them having a relationship, especially since he says Danielle keep pictures of the guy. So she – but then we kind of come to her and she's like, they're not pictures that are like on display. She's just like, I literally just never throw away pictures and they're in a box somewhere. So she apologizes if she hurt Johan because she doesn't want to cause him pain. <laughs> then they show us the recap of the boat ride where she was talking to Talon and kind of talking trash to you about Johan and, on the boat and the and and also the conversation where they talked about penises. So Johan takes exception to how they talked about him on the boat, mm. saying he was immature and not ready for you know a, a mature woman like him. And they thought that he they were making fun of him. And then and he also said that's a decision that's going to cost you dearly. 
because that's that's the mature thing to do. God. Um, anyway, um, right? Okay, so he says that the relationship has turned to shit since Taylor has entered the scene, and he also says that just like I thought would happen. So she understands that he's upset, but she but she can't change the past now. So then he says he'll stay with her until their lease is up. But after that, they're broken up and they'll go their own ways, which kind of draws gasps from everyone on stage. I don't know why he wants to do it now and just be like, yeah, I'll live together and have sex with her for a couple more months. But after that, we're done. <laughs> like, so Yoan <laughs> says that it's because Taylor right. is like, Yoan, it's still how you have issues. I think he's kind of you know, puffing up his chest because Taylor's here. Um, but he says, all the love is gone and it was there in the past, but it doesn't matter anymore. So Gabriel asks, in Spanish actually, if he cares who her friends are. And he says he doesn't because why would I care who why would I care who my ex is friends with? It doesn't matter. She's on her own. So he says he made clear that he thinks that he what yeah. he thinks about people hanging out with exes, and it's due to past trauma on his part. Uh like he's been burned by that before. But you know, he says whatever he says, just in one ear and out the other. And if she doesn't want commitment, then she can just be single. So Gabe thinks that she, that he's just using this as a tool because you know, this is really the only part of the relationship where he has the upper hand, and so he's taking advantage of that. Mm. But uh, Danielle says that she con- she only controls everything in the relationship because you know if she didn't control it, it wouldn't get done. So I do the rent because I pay the rent, and if I didn't clean the house, it wouldn't get cleaned. And if I didn't decide where we were going, we, would, we wouldn't go anywhere. So Isabel chimes in and says that if he if he wants to be the man of the house, he has to make a commitment to doing things. But that just prompts a weird, strange analogy to a failing business, maybe directly about the meat shop. I'm not sure. So Danielle thinks Danielle thinks that what's really going on here is Johan feels <laughs> humiliated on stage and is trying to be a big bad man up here to assert himself to save face. So Sean then asks where they feel where he feels the relationship is now, and he says zero out of ten, no chance to get it back up. Danielle thinks that they need to go to couples therapy, but he don't want to do that. Then they ask that what Talon thinks and he thinks I'm not sure if this guy is the right man for her. So backstage, Danielle doesn't think the relationship is over, but has no idea what she's gonna no idea what she's going to walk into when she visits Johan again. So I mean this definitely seemed to be that most of the people on stage were pro Johan in terms of, well, if he doesn't want you to hang out with this person, he doesn't you don't have to hang out with this person. But I mean, how reasonable of a request do you really think that is now it kind of out at the end and that was pretty much everything yeah i mean gabe i think said it the best where he said that you know right. he's not asking you to not be friends with anyone just okay, but the for sunset Danielle- where you've had sex with them so if that's a lot then yes it's a much be longer a challenge, list than but- <laughs> right right but um and i think that's a reasonable ask what i think is the problem with this situation is that Danielle should have taken him seriously that he was very, you know, this this mattered to him quite a bit. And I don't think she got that. Right. And so I do think she was kind of selfish in that. No, I'm going to do this. And then after she realized, oh, shit, like you really are not going to let this go. But it's too late. You can't do anything about it now because. The way that Johan views this just by you going against him one that one time is enough for it to just be over in his mind. And so she's right. And she had said, you know, like, what can Mm -hmm. I do? I cannot go back in time and change it. 
But it's like, yeah, so you're, you're at an impasse here because he's saying that this is a deal breaker and she just didn't take him seriously. To me, it's more or less like, I don't know, I'm having a little bit, I, I kind of go both ways because yes, it doesn't seem, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how I feel about him being upset, being at, it being a deal breaker for him because, I, you know, you can have unreasonable yeah. king up. It's like, that's dumb. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's a ridiculous deal breaker. Right. Yeah. And so I, I go back and forth on how mm-hmm. much of a re- how reasonable of a deal breaker this is. And I think a lot of it depends on kind of the way your attitudes towards sex are, because there's a lot of people who are just like we had sex. It wasn't a big deal. Like, why are you? Mm-hmm. Why does this bother you so much? Right. And and other people are not. But the point yeah. is, is that I think it was the way. I don't even think it was the actual fact that she ended up doing something that was a deal breaker by the way she flippantly dismissed any of his concerns, right? It, it became it became very much like the cake decoration yes. where he's like, actually, yeah. I'm not comfortable with this. And she's like, well, actually, I always get what I want. So yeah. fuck you. Uh, and I'm doing it anyway, right? That was that was more or less her response. Yeah. Right. I kind of saw it that. Yeah, I kind of saw it that way, too, in that, yeah, he did. I do think he felt very strongly about this. And so it's, you know, he can't she can't take it back. But I think the bigger issue and maybe if it's not that much bigger is the fact that, like, no, I told you that this would make me feel like shit and you completely ignored that. So you don't consider my feelings and there's going to be more things like that in the future. Actually, this is really important that this person stay in my life. Let's kind of brainstorm and think of a way that we can introduce. Mm-hmm. Maybe you guys can meet before I meet with him. Maybe what like, what can we do that might make you more comfortable with the situation? It was never that. It was always, it was always her attitude of, I always get what I want eventually. Yeah. So I'm going to get this. So why are we even fighting about it? This is dumb. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's the it's complete. Yeah. And to yeah. me, it wasn't the fact that she wanted to, you know, have a relationship with somebody that she considered an ex that was disrespectful to him. It was the way she just flippantly tossed aside his feelings like the way the way you feel about the situation actually doesn't matter. Right. Um, so right. please stop talking about it. Not even please stop talking about it. So yeah. shut the fuck up. Right. And that's. Yeah. And then now do I think he handled that in the most mature yeah. way? No, because. <laughs> No, absolutely not. Like his whole like <laughs> you will regret this until you did the day you die like attitude is like just ridiculous. I think he was embarrassed and was I'm going to be a big bad man up here and show our booze boss on this show when she is yeah physically very distant from me and can't actually do anything. <laughs> right. right, right. Yeah. I mean, but I I would hope that if they were to stay together, that moving forward, that she would actually consider like, uh, you know, how he feels about things and not be like, oh, well, it goes against what I think. So whatever. We're doing what I think. I really think that every time they disagree, she's going to be like, well, that's nice, but your feelings are dumb and mine are right. So no discussions. (laughs) Sorry. You take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Right. But that's right. Yes. Right. It's she and she, most of the decisions she makes is like when a kid tells you they don't want to go to the doctor. It's like I hear that you don't want to go to the doctor. Tough shit. We're going to the doctor. Yeah. Right. And it's like and 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 but she treats everything right. like that. Yeah. Whether it even when it's his business or 
you know, yeah. something that he actually gets a say in. She's just like, actually, you're just a dumb kid. Um, so we're going to do what I say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, on to our last frustrating couple, and that is Jamie and Chris. So Jamie has claimed that she received receipts from Chris's ex that they are still involved, including nude photographs. Chris then explains her side, which included going to her ex's house to confront him after he had sent Jamie the pictures. Chris claims that she kicked down his bedroom door, took his phone and crushed it and then ran like hell. Tim thinks someone is lying, but he's not sure who. And Veronica's team Jamie because she thinks that ghosting someone for 20 days essentially means you're single because how do you even know this person's coming back? Chris defends herself by saying that it was really like five days later and everything was fine and Jamie never mentioned she was talking to someone else. Chris thinks that if Jamie was so happy talking to someone else, why did she reach out to her? We then have Chris's mom, Mona, come on stage to say that she thought Jamie was looking for a sugar mama and she didn't blame her for that. Mona sent money on Chris's behalf because Chris doesn't have a PayPal and Mona confirms that it was probably around $10,000 sent to Jamie. Jamie then is trying to show her PayPal transactions to prove that Mona and Chris are lying and that the money sent was more like $1,740. They ask if Chris has receipts and she claims that she spent money from an account that she no longer has because they suspended it for potential fraudulent activity. So she can't prove that she sent tens of thousands. Jamie claims that she paid for everything, even Chris's pain medication when she was there. We then get a recap clip of their video chat argument and both women are crying. Chris says that she was feeling underappreciated and if money wasn't the issue, she would have been uh, in Columbia. Debbie sides with Chris. Once again, Debbie choosing the wrong side. (laughs) Right. Saying that we only ever saw Chris working and never Jamie. Jamie says that she... uh, that the only thing that she asked Chris for was for rent and she never asked for clothes or anything else that Chris claimed she was spending money on. Mm-hmm. Everyone agrees that they are not meant to be together. As a closing remark, Jamie says that she is worried about Chris's mental health, which seriously offends Chris because she takes that as an insult and feels disrespected. They both call each other toxic. Veronica says backstage that Chris had a lot of convenient excuses for why she didn't have proof of all the money he spent. And Tim is convinced more money was probably given to Jamie that maybe is a little bit more untraceable because you don't keep a woman like that for years with only a couple thousand dollars, he says. He's also projecting Mm -hmm. because of his experience with Jennifer. uh, And, you know, he had to send her a bunch of money. And he was saying that, you know, it might have been in cash and other untraceable ways. So he also said that he got some pretty strong Jennifer vibes from yeah. Jamie. So just which is you're, like, you're not going to have sex no with Jamie. You. I understand that. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So let's kind of start where they ended. Um, what do you think about Jamie kind of throwing it out there that Chris has some I mean, mental health issues that she needs to address? I mean, Low I, blow I, or fair? I was going towards more fair because it seems pretty clear, but she does have mental health issues that she needs to address. <laughs> like, and, and the thing right. is, is like literally no matter yeah. what, 
no matter what Jamie said in that thing. She could mm-hmm. have said, you know, Jamie, I mean, you know, Chris, I wish you all the best. She'd have been like, Ugh. of course, she has to do a low blow and come in here. I was trying to keep the high ground like she just she's incapable. Yeah, she would have said, oh, there she goes acting fake, yes. trying to get people to like her. Yes, and act she would. Like no the matter victim. what she said, she was like going to be like, oh, isn't she just a bitch? I can't believe you. You guys are on my side. Right. Like no matter what she said. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I we've said it before, like I, I, I there's, there's there's something something is missing from what we know about Chris because her stories do not add up at all. No. Yeah, she is. I I do think that there is something there. And I've had friends that have had like bipolar um, in their family. And when they have like episodes of it, like and this is the thing, I know that they have a Uh history of it, but I don't know if they've personally been diagnosed. But it's really interesting because there have been a couple incidences where it's just like, they don't see like something that happened for how it happened. Like they have a distorted view of reality (laughs) where it's just like that just plain didn't happen. So I'm wondering even if Mm -hmm. Chris has like is guilty of that, right? Where it's like, she is so convinced that these things happened in her mind, but that's not. Yeah. So you're kind of, is she lying to herself more than she's lying to everybody else? Right. If she right, right. So she has like an alternate reality of, you know, what really has happened. I lean toward Jamie. I think Jamie's probably maybe exaggerating the other way that there might have been more uh, underground, like under, you know, untraceable transactions. But the fact that like they're off by a factor of 10 is crazy. And I think we're way closer to Jamie than we are to Chris. And but I believe in Chris's head, she truly believes that she sent her tens of thousands of dollars. And is like, this bitch is just ungrateful and lying about how much I sent her. Right. Right. Because you feel like, I, but I think the same thing's true too. Like, yeah. I think she just, about the days, I believe it's also closer to 20 days that she didn't talk to Jamie. And she was like, it was like five. And it's like, no, it wasn't. Like, go back and count the day. When was the last time? And she'll be like, right. When you, and if you actually got out a calendar and made her point to the day and be like, no, that you were doing this that day. No, you were doing this that day. Then she count the calendar, count the days, you'd be 20. And then she still would be right. like, but it was like five. And you're like, but it wasn't five. It was 20. And that's that's that separate reality you're talking about. Yeah. But like things just didn't end up. Ugh, I had to send it to my mom's because I don't have a PayPal account. It's like then get a PayPal account. Well, yeah, how hard get- is it for you to set up a PayPal? <laughs> <laughs> they don't make that a super exclusive yeah. thing. They want people said, to use their services. Like account? I don't understand. Face stealing. Uh, what did she say? Right. Something weird about like the identity theft. Like it was like because of a face tripping I- identity thief. I don't I know. closed my bank account. I was like, then open another one? Like I assume when you took your money out of that bank account, you open another right. one that you could then send money through, right? You like, have to put it is, somewhere. It's it just it it's weird and it doesn't right. make sense. And it's always and somebody said it. I mean, I forget who. Somebody said, seems like seems like you always have an excuse. Veronica, a lot of convenient excuses. uh, Seems like everything that could have been you doing wrong was actually some mere, some really unlikely event that just happened to fall upon you at the exact time that you needed to do this thing. Hmm. Interesting. Right. You know who I really want to host the show is like Veronica. Tim's useless. Yeah. Like get rid of Tim. Tim's useless. I don't care about Tim. But like. 
I feel like Veronica and Gabe would do well taking. Yeah. I mean, we heard more from the two of them than we did Sean. Every once in a while, Sean would pop in with a question to like get the conversation started. A but, little bit less aggressive you know. than Gabe was. And just as kind of like, hmm. yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't. Agreed. Veronica, but, I yeah, think, somebody wasn't to as be aggressive. Like, Hmm. I was just wondering yeah. this one thing. You know, somebody that's a really good interview always does that. They're never coming out and being like, you did this thing. You must be lying because stuff's happening. They're like, I have a question about that. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Can you explain more about this? Right. And that's to me where I think Gabe would do well. Right. Because it's like, yes, but every once in a while you need that person to jump on them to answer the freaking question. So how about you ask the question? Yeah. But but it's like people know like yeah. if, if you if you def- people like right. Chris put it that way specifically. No, if you deflect long enough, eventually people have to move on. Right. Just like the students that know if I just sit here quietly yeah. and stare at the teacher long enough, they'll eventually ask somebody else like, oh, what about this? Oh, well, what about this? Maybe this about uh, oh, like and eventually, like all right, anybody? Because that was me uh, as a student on the other one. It's like I couldn't, I couldn't handle other students doing that. I was like, I do not want to spend three days on this boring ass topic that mm-hmm. I already understand. I'm answering your question so we can move on. <laughs> this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So um, we heard from everyone except for really Debbie on Osama. Osama's biggest contribution to this today, that episode was pretty much to say he didn't understand. So he had no opinion, which I'm like, good for you. Literally started to go around the stage for Chris and Jamie and be like, whose team are you on? Whose team are you on? And they didn't get to everybody, but they didn't get to everybody. Yeah, I appreciate that. I know. I know. Um, yeah. And the thing with that is I it's probably likely because they didn't have an interpreter. So I'm sure Mahmoud and uh, Osama oh, were sure, sitting sure, there sure. like we don't know what's happening because they probably have a translator from English to, you know, whatever language they're speaking. Um, and then. Oh, yeah. Spanish to English and then the English change. It has to go. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because that was that was very much Osama. Just like right. the more they talk, yeah. the more confused I become. <laughs> like I do not understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, definitely. So. All right. Uh, so this is our last episode um, for yes, yes, we the do. other way. Yes. So we have power rankings, I hope. Yes. OK. All right. So who was your number one? Uh, Isabel. I went Isabel as well. Uh, I was that was a pretty that was a pretty solid one, pretty solidly easy one. <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing that you could knock her on is like her supposed crazy jealous streak, which we barely saw. We barely saw, but I, I believe she is a jealous person, right? Yeah. Because like they had come come a couple times to be like, "What would Isabel think about that?" And she was like, mm. "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. but I mean, uh, according to, uh, per, uh, compared to everyone else, she's just like an angel. <laughs> right. I know. Right. OK, so who is your number two? So my number two, I went with Gabe. I did, too. I felt that there were a lot of couples this time around that I kind of chunked together. Yeah, Be- me too. Yeah, because it was just like, well, together as a couple, you guys suck. But Isabel and Gabe, I think, were our most solid couple. I liked Gabe's story. I love that he came at the right people at this <laughs> tell-all. So, you know, not like freaking Debbie, who's like, la, 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 mm-hmm. picking the wrong side every single time. It's like, Debbie, get it together. Read the room, Debbie. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I didn't like about 
Gabe is uh, him and Monica have a relationship I don't like. And like when it got yeah. to him, it's like, oh, duh, we talk to each other all the time. I was like, well, OK, relax, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, how about your number three? Uh, number three, I went with Debbie. Okay. Um, despite the fact that she's on the wrong side of, you know, the, all the things of a tell all like she was entertaining as hell. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, when she kind of got a clear picture of what was going on in the mm-hmm. relationship, she was like, I'm done. That was it. Later. Like, yeah. Which is what people should do. I don't know. I have her a little bit further down because it's like, well, she did say that during the regular season. And then this one, she's like, well, my kids want us to want me to close that door. But I don't know. It'll always be open. It's like, no, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> so my number three was actually Jamie. Um, okay. I always liked Jamie through this. I felt like she showed incredible patience having to deal with the little part of Chris that she had to deal with. And not because Chris was acting bad, but like, think of all like the ailments and issues and whatever that Chris had like coming into this relationship. And Jamie just like, (laughs) but I love her. her. It's okay. She went with with her to the knife store. (laughs) I know she was like and then, you know, you have her like curled up and incapacitated and like, you know, being pretty like supportive during that time. You know, I feel like she went through a lot. And to me, I don't even really care. Like, let's say let's say that what Chris was saying about Jamie, like. Uh, you know, being in it for the money. Let's say that that's true. And even Chris will admit and she said it. Like, she doesn't Mm -hmm. think Jamie was a gold digger. Okay? She Mm -hmm. even said it. I mean, I think her mom thinks otherwise. But, you know, Jamie is not trying to be a gold digger. But let's just assume that part is true because that was Chris's biggest complaint of Jamie. I'm not even mad about that. The way Chris has been with her, I'm not even mad about it. You get that money. You deserve it having to deal with that (laughs) shit. You get them dollars. Yeah. yeah. So Jamie was my Jamie was my number four. So right yeah. right next to each other. Like yeah. so I mean most of the same thing. You she put up with crap. I I definitely don't between the two of them who's lying, and that's mostly because both of us are the same way. Between the right. two of them who's lying, we're both like, probably not Jamie. Right. So. Right. Yeah. It, you know what I think it is, is because teachers deal with so many fucking excuses from these students that just it gets to the point where you're like, it doesn't even fucking matter what your excuse is. It does yeah. not even matter. What matters in the end is that this thing didn't happen and I don't care why. (laughs) Right. And it's like and it's like and whatever your reason for not having I'm not going to listen to you. Okay, then make it happen by the end of the week. And then it doesn't. You're like, right. The reason and like, I don't care. It didn't happen. Right. Okay, Mm -hmm. moving on. (laughs) All right. So really moving on. Uh, My number four was Jen. Um, You know, she didn't do anything terribly wrong, in my opinion. Uh, It was more her friends that were bad actors um, in terms of like trying to set the honey trap. I think the worst thing Jen did was not letting go of this relationship. And at least there was a somewhat of a glimmer of hope. But then at the same time, it's like this glimmer of hope is because you're realizing that maybe there's other options out there. Yeah. I mean, so Jen was my number five. So keep going with it. But like. Yeah, I mean, I just think at the end of the day, it was like her, her – I also didn't like, yes, her friends did it, but she encouraged her friends to yeah. drop this bomb on his family, you know, oh, completely yeah. go uh-huh. – not understand that she's going against not just his mom but his entire culture, right? And then it, the stupid like if if she would not have – she would have probably been a little higher for me had they not like 
kind of gotten back together. And by the time the tell-all was yeah. like in a will there, won't they? I was like, dumb, dumb. You should have just broken up. This is dumb. Right, right. Okay, so Debbie was my number five for picking the wrong sides at the tell-all and for the whole comment about like, well, maybe there is still love for Osama. It's like, no, Debbie, come on. I like already was just like, oh, one of the be- better uh, cast members this season. And now you got to go yeah. ahead and say that and you're... Sinking yourself there. All right. How about your number six? So my number six was Rishi. Okay. That's another one of my things. Uh, Just for not like lying, but kind of lying, like lying for like good reasons, but still lying. Right. Like Mm -hmm. he was still like at the end of the day, he didn't want to tell Jen. I don't want to tell my mom because she's going to say no and it's going to be an issue and then we're going to have to break up. Right. That's what was going on for their entire relationship. And he just wouldn't own up to that and did try to talk in circles around other reasons when it was like he knew pretty much exactly what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my number six, and I'll also go ahead and say my number seven, because I told you I kind of chunked some of these couples. Uh, My number six was Nicole. My number seven was Mahmoud. Um, Okay. I thought Nicole was slightly better than Mahmoud because she at least seems more open minded but at the same time, they're both freaking stubborn and want to get their way. And there's I was so over them having the exact same argument every freaking episode. It's like, can we resolve this and move on, please? Yeah, that was very annoying. Um, so I put them both a bit lower than that for that mm-hmm. reason. Um, and so we'll talk about kind of where, where, where I rank them and why when we get to them. So that was your six and seven. So yep. my seven is um, Johan. Mm-hmm. He's annoying. Yeah. He's immature. He's childish. But he at least had valid points mm-hmm. that he kind of stood by. And I just think, yes, whatever. All of the things I just said about him is true. But I also think everybody below him was also annoying, immature, and childish. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, which, which is a pick your, pick your poison for the least annoying, least Maybe not least childish. He was he was probably the most childish. I'll give him yeah, that. Like yeah. very juvenile in the way he handled things. Right. And that's actually why Johan was a little bit lower for me. Uh, so that was your number seven. Yes. Uh, what about your eight? So my eight was Nicole. Okay. Um, because I think she was childish in a different way, like a naive way. Like, yes. oh, well, it'll be different this time. It's like, why? Why would why it be different would you this think time? That? Right. Why are you having the same argument with somebody over and over and over again for years years they're having the same argument over and over and over again and it's just like so her being in that i felt bad for her being in that situation but it's also kind of she annoyed me the way she's like oh the woe is me kind of sad sack yeah like you knew this was going to happen why -hmm. are you why are you surprised again why are you this upset again i don't understand and so that's why i put her lower yeah uh my number eight is rishi um, okay. just, he was so annoying to me through this whole <laughs> season because I, you know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, but it was just like, he talked in circles around everything. And that even at the end when they were like, no, you have to be more direct. Now I know we kind of had talked about this last week, that it's a cultural thing. You can't just out and say it, but I think that sure. If you're going to talk to your parents and talk in circles, because that's what they're expecting fine but jen is not like that you could at least be direct with her right yeah that's true that's true 
All right. So that brings me to nine number nine. My mm-hmm. number nine was Danielle. Okay. My number nine was also Danielle. Uh, she's very annoying. Yes. Um, uh, and, and to be honest, like, I really think that the cake episode, the thing where she got went to the store after it closed mm-hmm. and demanded that she get the cake that she wants and I'm not leaving until I get don't. And then she ended up getting it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's everything about her in a nutshell. And f- screw those people. Like, I, why are you more important than everybody else that you get to decide the world should bend around you? The, forget it. Ah. I just it, and I that know. didn't even get into how she was in the relationship, like yeah. which is the same way, the same attitude. Yeah, I knew that really annoyed you because you have brought up the cake incident several oh times since. I know. Um, yeah, so Danielle was my number nine, and I told you I kind of grouped some of these couples together. Uh, Johan was my number ten. Now I agree with you that Danielle super annoying, right? Uh, there's many, many things that are annoying about her. But I think the reason why I ranked Johan lower is as much as Danielle was selfish, and I'm not saying she wasn't, incredibly selfish, just, you know, had to have it her way, very controlling. I honestly believe that she was never doing anything to intentionally sabotage her relationship with Johan. And so to me, that's what you know, has Johan lower is because Johan is pissed. He's pissed that Danielle is selfish and doing these things that he doesn't agree with. So now he's just like, you will regret this vengeance. And I'm just like, that is not the right attitude to have in a relationship. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah, probably not. But I think what she did was I don't think she intentionally, like you said, damaged the relationship. Mm-hmm. I think she thought she was entitled to the relationship sure. because she wanted it. Yeah. And so I'm going to do what I want, and that's going to still include this relationship no matter what I do. Yeah. And that's I, – I, the entitlement is the thing that gets me the most. And right. Johan was many things. I don't know that he felt as entitled as she does. No, but he also felt like vengeance. And so I'm just like, <laughs> you can't be in a relationship and be yes. like, this person will old... rue and regret the yes. day that they he ever d- did, did the... this. Did the sideshow, Bob. You will live to regret this. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, what are you doing? So, yeah, that's why Johan is a little bit lower than Danielle for me. All right. Mm-hmm. So we seem to agree on 11 and 12. No, I didn't say my 10 yet. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry. Sorry. My 10. My 10 was Mahmoud. OK. Um, all right. Because he's Mahmoud. Um, yes. Like I, it, it, everything that's true about him and Nicole, about Nicole, is also true about him. Right. Yes. You're yeah. naively just thinking things are going to work out for no reason. You haven't changed anything. You haven't addressed anything. You just think it's going to be different this time for no reason. But he had this weird, like, the ownership of my wife thing mm-hmm. bothered me so much more, uh, which really brought him down, especially to the point where, like, even everybody in his family was like, dude, you have to chill out. Like, yeah. Like, so he was like, I'm conservative Muslim. This is the way Muslim world is. And, like, his brother and his uncle were all like, Mm. Nah, dude. Well, and especially the part where the one that really got me was he had he was really, really obsessed with her covering up. And they're like, well, what about praying with her? And she was like, he was like, oh, I haven't done that. And I was like, really? Like of all the things that are religion, covering up is more important than praying. I don't think it is. I think right. praying is, is really high up there. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, OK, so like I said, uh, 11 and 12, yes. we are. Agreeing. So who is worse, Osama or Chris? 
Well, I'll start. Well, let's with the way we're doing this before is who's better between Osama and Chris. Okay. And I, I said Osama. I said Osama um, was better too. <laughs> I mean, and at that's least the he fact, was up front about how terrible he was. <laughs> at least when confronted with his lies, he was like, you know what? Here it is. This is what I want. You're right. I was. I you. did tell you something different. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm taking advantage of you so I can get to the United States and sell my art. End of story. This is what I want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as much as it's terrible, there's something to be said about someone who is honest about their lies. Well, about their wrongdoings, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, at least if you're going to be the dick who's doing wrong, at least being honest about it puts you one step up. <laughs> yes, I agree. Chris is just like, no, you're a terrible person. Like, you have all these convenient excuses for things, which I'm sorry. I I, I interpret those as being lies. Yeah, I do too. I, and some of them might not be and some of them might be. But, at but you'll point, never it's just, know. It's, it's, the, it's the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. Right. Because I never know, know. I know a large percentage of what you're telling me is a lie. I'm not sure exactly which part is the truth. Right. Because um, there's probably some truth thrown in there too, but it just strains believability that all of this happens to you. Right. And, and plus, you're shady. You're so shady. And so then that also, you lose credibility that way as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. She's like, first. my first stop is Knife Store. Like, And I do. I believe she's – I believe that she's probably involved in all kinds of scammy adjacent endeavors which is why she's always broke and why she's losing money and why this needs to happen right now or else i can't the thing my paypal was closed and i had the identity theft thing like that it doesn't happen to people who like are straight up all the time it doesn't you know the other thing i would say that really separates osama and chris is that osama for as much as like we kind of focused on his you know what he did wrong in this relationship like his lies that he told debbie you know like just to get her like you know sucked into this relationship he never talked shit shit on debbie he never talked about her negatively you know blamed her for anything other than like that's not what we agreed on but i mean like never attacked her as a person you're annoying you you're talking to me and i'm trying to paint (laughs) right right but he never attacked her as a person right Chris was constantly attacking Jamie's character, attacking her Mm -hmm. as a person. It's just like, why? Why is this your partner if you feel think so poorly of her and you're very vocal about it, too? Right. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. (sighs) All right. Uh, So do you have a life lesson for these groups? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) the life lesson, I'm going to kind of direct it at. Jen's, um, you know, Julian infatuation. And it kind of goes with like, just because somebody stands up to somebody else doesn't mean they're like an honest partner. Because I think that this is something that that she's been into before. Mm -hmm. Like, they're like, you always end up with jerks. Because I think like, she's attracted to jerkiness, right? And you should recognize when you're attracted, you know, she's attracted to somebody who stands up and is like, you know what? Fuck you and fuck everybody else in here. I'm going to mess you all up. She's like, oh, hey. Ooh, I like that guy. That <laughs> guy. And it's like, well, he you know what he's going to be like to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So confidence and assholeness should not be confused. Right. Let's put it. Let's go with that as a life <laughs> lesson. So my life lesson for Chris and others like Chris, if you're finding convenient excuses for things, you have to consider that people are viewing you as a liar. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, I honestly feel like Chris thinks like everyone believes her. 
She does. And well, because nobody had enough of enough distance and enough, you know, things to say, like to just say that, like, dude, I don't believe anything you're saying. Right. Like and I wouldn't put it like that. So I would have been like, that's a lie. That's a lie. And be like and Veronica got close with like a lot of convenient excuses. Yeah. Right. So it'd be like, you could say whatever you want, Chris. Like, I don't believe it. Like, yeah. And I think part of it, too, is uh, like people like that who have a lot of convenience excuses. They're like, well, people will believe me because it's the truth. Right. And so we kind of talked about like, you know, like your own reality and you believing mm-hmm. your own lies. And so you just think like it's the truth. But I don't even care if it is the truth. If you have a lot of convenient excuses, you have to be aware that people are going to be suspicious of you and they're right. going to think it's a lie. Well, and the other thing, too, about it, especially me having – us both having a yes, lot of experience right. with liars, right, is usually – this is not always – the people who lie get the most offended and most angry when you think they're lying. Oh, sure. Yeah. If they tell you something like, I don't believe you. are like, how can you not believe me? This is absolute – those people are lying. Right. The people yeah. who are like, this Doc is the truth, man. I don't know what to tell too you. too much. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, the people who get the most, and it's funny because people who don't have a lot of experience with it think the other way. Well, if somebody accused you of lying, wouldn't you get really angry and like defend yourself like really hard? It's like no, actually you don't. You kind of go like, <laughs> but you don't. You're like, well, I don't know what to tell you. That's what that's what happened. Right. Like, either believe it or not. Yeah. Either yeah. believe it or not. All right. So we will be back next week. We have a before the ninety days, which I think upon reflection is maybe my more favorite group because there are no rules there are no commitment like these people are right. just a fucking free for all nobody people might stay that's always like i think i might propose at the end of yeah. this trip you always have the element of well, i could be catfished you know yes like, yeah we had some catfishes on this one although the one returning couple i'm not super excited to see again yeah yeah i think uh, we're getting less catfishes nowadays now that video chats are more prevalent but yeah, we still certainly... had we, we still had Williams. What's like, that? that was just a couple. We still had Williams. I don't know what like, that is. Will, Williams. Williams. Oh, there was yes, the... that's true. Oh, right. Right. So, I mean, OK. Yeah. So you have maybe a more of a naive person who doesn't get how video chat doesn't work. <laughs> well, his, his camera on his phone was broken, so he couldn't video chat. Don't right. you see? Do you know how many cameras are everywhere? Borrow someone else's device. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. All right, so uh, we will be back next week to cover the new season of Before the 90 Days. So until then. Yep. We'll see everybody then. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.